Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer, the Mental Breakdown Edition. Minty Freaky, Minty Freaky. New theme song. New theme song. Hell yeah. Someone record that for us <laughs> and make it a thing. Trademark it. Just put it on a shirt. Slap so we it do on a shirt. Everything else. We should. We should make a minty breaky shirt. Minty breaky, and then yeah. put like a mint breaking as like the picture, like a peppermint. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cute. <laughs> That's adorable. New idea. It was meant for you. Oh my, get it, get it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do the elbow. Get yeah, it, get it. If this is your first time here, welcome. welcome. And we are Kenna. I'm Koel. Yeah, I forgot to say that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are Kenna. That's both of our names today. People say that we sound alike anyway, so we might it's as true. well. true. Sometimes I get us confused. I'm already sweating. This closet is so hot. It's always so hot in here. Well, I'm closer to the door, so yeah. I have like a breeze. You have a little bit of a breeze. A little bit of a breeze. Yeah. So how was your weekend? It was good. I went to a missions game. You did. I yeah, saw that. With our niece. That was a lot of fun. It was really overcast at like the beginning of the game. And then it got really hot. And it just was one of those still hots that mm. like where there's no wind. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My ass was so sweaty. It had swass. <laughs> swass. <laughs> swass. Oh my god. Ugh. Yeah. Well, for those that don't know, the missions are the minor league baseball team that we have here because we don't have a major league team. That's true. And it's still fun. It's still a lot of fun. I actually was at a baseball game. Was it the same time as you or was it the day before? You were on, uh, this was on Sunday. So Yeah, I went to the Hooks, Hooks game on, on Saturday. Saturday. So, and also, for those of you that have heard me say my best friend's name, Dana, a bunch of times, she got engaged this weekend. Yay! Oh my God. So Congratulations, Al and Danish. Absolutely. Uh, we definitely pulled one over on her. I am very happy about my situation because I am bad at secrets. We all know, bad at lying. <laughs> but we were able to pull it off. She was definitely surprised and it was a great moment. I got it all on camera. She just showed me all of the pictures yes. that she took <laughs> of them and the pr- proposal and oh, I'm so happy for them. I'm so excited. I'm so happy for them. That's everything I've ever wanted for her and more. I feel like even the pressure's kind of taken off us just as people that know them now Mm -hmm. you know like we're like when is it gonna happen when is it gonna happen when is it gonna happen and i feel like we all felt kind of that anxiety yeah for now it's like when's the wedding when's the wedding okay (laughs) i think think she said at one point she goes oh my god i get to register for like a registry now and i'm like yeah you do (laughs) you get to ask people for shit it's pretty cool fun like when you go into like a store and and they give you the little scan gun yeah i remember when i was engaged and i was justin couldn't get off work which was fine he trusted me. He didn't really care. He didn't care about the registry. He knew <laughs> I cared. So I went into Target and I got that little gun mm-hmm. and I started, you can go around and just scan the items that you want as part of the registry. And so this woman came up to me and she was like, excuse me, where can I find blah, blah, blah? And I was like, oh my God. Oh, I don't work here. And she looked at me and she was like, with a smile on her face, just nodding. Cause she was waiting for me to be like, I'm just, just kidding. kidding. It's on aisle four or whatever. And I was like, no, really, I don't work here. Are you wearing <laughs> red? 
No, I wasn't. <laughs> and that's why I was like, I'm not even wearing red. I'm clearly someone who just stole this gun. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> just beeping for the fuck of it. She probably thought I was insane. Probably so. Yeah. Well, yeah, so we were super happy for them. Definitely a really exciting weekend for yeah. us. And that's also why we're releasing this episode on Tuesday <laughs> instead yeah. of on Monday. So that well, was my a, bad. But... A long weekend, too. Memorial Day. Yeah. We gave everyone a little bit of a break from us. Yeah. But now we are back. Back. Before we do get started, we definitely want to recognize our newest patron, yes, Lisa. Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. I, we really appreciate uh, you having us on Instagram and then also donating to the Patreon. If you guys like us and you want to support us that way as well, you can go to patreon.com slash killer. For those that don't know, every Patreon member does get access to ad-free episodes every time they are released. Patrons in the Tier 2 and 3 tiers will get access to an additional bonus episode every month. That is on the 29th, so we just had one release. And we did David Parker Ray, a.k.a. the Toy Box Killer, per request from Frankie. So if you want access to that episode ad-free, super gory content, um, yeah. go ahead and <laughs> join the Patreon. Tummy churning, for sure. Honestly. Don't forget to check out DiagnosingAKiller.com. There you will find links to our merch site, resources, and other things. Don't forget to hit us up on any social media at Diagnosing a Killer, other than Twitter, which is at Killer Diagnosis. Make sure you email us. We got a new rating. We did get a new rating. A five-star rating. Yeah, let me actually find that because I was telling you about it earlier, but I kind of paraphrased. Let me see what they said. This was from someone by the username of Ordep, O-R-D-E-P, 22. And they said, great, very entertaining. These ladies are funny and do a lot of research for their shows. Highly recommend. Woo! Thank you Thank for you the for nice your review. review. Absolutely. And um, <laughs> is there anything else that you have? No, I'm just excited for, I guess, just like, I don't know, personally, I'm excited for Pride Month. So that's going to be this week. Yes. Oh, we have part two of Elliot Roger coming out this week as well. Mm-hmm. So be prepared for that. And then also the True Crime Paranormal Podcast Festival. If this is your first time listening, we are being we are going to be hosts at the festival in August. And yes. it's coming up really soon. So I recently got some information that some people we may know may be attending Austin. So and they are listeners. Well, like podcasters or listeners? Listeners. Okay. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's exciting. Well, without further dudes, let's get into this minty breaky. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to be talking about something that we've talked about in passing before, but we haven't ever break it, breaking it down. <laughs> Starting out strong. Off to a great start. We have never broken it down. So... This week, we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome. Ooh, I'm so excited to learn about this. I really am. Because I we definitely use it have it a lot. Can relate. <laughs> so, yeah, imposter syndrome is something that I'm sure a lot of people have heard the term before. Kind of means exactly what it sounds like, but just to break it down a little bit further, because I did learn some stuff as well. Mm-hmm. The term imposter syndrome was actually first coined in 1978 oh, by okay. two clinical psychologists, that is Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. So, 78, like, Not 50 that long years ago. ago. <laughs> like, that's wild. Imposter syndrome is a condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally, despite being high-performing in external, objective ways. Oh, okay. So someone that's, like, really good at what they do, but doesn't feel like they are in their internal. Like, they're not accomplishing anything the more they do, even if they're doing a great job. Like me. We have almost 20,000 downloads on the podcast, and I'm like, no one listens to us. (laughs) I'm dead ass. Like, not even kidding. It's just us. Also, if you are one of the two people that I met 
Jonathan and Jennifer at the Hooks game this weekend, and I just said dead ass. I hope you're laughing because I said that by accident when I was talking about something really serious. I was like, oh yeah, dead ass, and they were like, okay, and then I started laughing. I was like, I'm so sorry. That was really inappropriate, and they both started cracking up. They're like, we weren't going to say anything, but that was really inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, just uncensored yeah no seriously (laughs) uncensored dak live out in the world honestly (laughs) so yeah that's definitely me feeling like i don't have any successes or like no progress is being made Mm. when in in reality it is and everyone can see it but it's just not (laughs) happening in my mind i totally get that yeah yes this condition often results in people feeling like a fraud or a phony and doubting their abilities you're a big fat phony (laughs) i (laughs) I love that word this guy's a phony (laughs) With imposter syndrome, a person will not feel confident or even competent regardless of what they achieve. Hmm. So not even, like, chill out with, like, what we're doing. Not even just, all right, this works for me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just talking to talk. No, I, I totally get what you're saying, though, because I do. There's times where I'm hanging out with friends after a long day of doing a bunch of things. And they'll say, so, how was your day? I'll be like, it's all right. Yeah, I didn't you do know? much. I didn't do much. <laughs> I just did, and then I'll just list off a bunch of things that I did. Like, well, that sounds like a pretty productive day. And I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to fall into one of these categories here. <laughs> so people with imposter syndrome are often will often not find joy in their successes because they're always waiting for their inadequacy and fraudulence to come to light. <gasps> That's really sad. That's sad. I know. <laughs> That's really That's sad. That's really sad that I sad deal with them. that on a daily basis. <laughs> for them, really like, sad. I don't I feel bad it. for me. It's really, it's really sad. sad for me. <laughs> Although Clance and Imes originally defined imposter syndrome to describe a condition they observed in professional women, research actually shows that men and women alike can suffer from the syndrome. Yeah, but you know, not, it's like it's not hysteric. hysterical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Imposter syndrome can also cause people to feel like their time is running out, so to speak. So they may feel like they've been putting on an act and they can't keep up appearances much longer. Ooh. Like, I'm pretending to be... I mean, that was literally... That's literally me in every job. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm pretending like I'm really good at this job. But, like, how long am I going to be able to pretend for? But I'm actually really good at the job in Well, they always life. say, like, fake it till you make it. And I... Never understood that. I'm like, no, I'm gonna make it, and then later I'm gonna worry about faking it. Literally, you know I mean? like I, I like the term "fake, fake it, it until you become it." Oh, that's cute, right? Like, that, like yeah. just work on it until you get there. Just work on it. Just work on it. You should just you work there. on that. Just work on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm trying to put this away quietly. It makes a bunch of noise. So, however, again, people feeling like. They've been keeping up this act is all despite evidence to the contrary. Like, mm-hmm. they were actually doing a really good job and everyone else recognizes it except for them. This can also cause people with imposter syndrome to feel as though they cannot keep reaching new levels in their career and feel as though they're unable to, like, keep climbing. Does that include, like... Because I know that I've been one of those people that... Uh, I feel like if there's just, like, if I've been capped, then I just... I won't stick with the job. I'll be like, oh, okay, well... I tried out for that, you know, I applied to that, I interviewed for it, I didn't get it. My time here is now limited. Like, I'm not going to stick around if I'm, like, not recognized. I don't think that's imposter syndrome. I think that's life, and I think that's correct. (laughs) I would do that, too. Yeah. But I'll let you be the judge once I get through the... the, Because there's a couple couple different types that we'll talk about. But it's almost like... And and again, imposter syndrome is actually supposed to be, like, more career given like it's usually mostly happening in someone's career when they have you know we're pursuing a career but it can happen in any instance in life yeah 
Like, so, okay. you know, not feeling like an adequate mom, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or partner. Or, or a partner. You know, or, or even in school, like not feeling like an adequate yeah. student. Or like a doggy parent. Yeah. Or, you know. I'm a yeah. cat mom. Uh, yeah, same. <laughs> I'm also a regular mom, though, too. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. I was going to say, you're not a regular mom. You're a cool mom. But Thanks. you beat me to that. <laughs> It is often that people with this syndrome feel as though they can't keep going at the same rate they have been and feeling shameful as a result. I know, it's really sad. So if you you work yourself up in this, like, kind of frenzy, you work and you work and you put more on your plate, like you, and... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Ouch. Call that hard. You, you do all this because you're trying to, like, feel that sense of achievement, but then... If you go at that pace for so long, you're going to fucking burn out, right? Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. That's, and again, yeah. there's different types. I'm pretty sure I have, like, two of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, that sounds like you. Yeah. So this shame that people feel ultimately makes them suffer alone and in silence. In fact, people don't realize how many other people suffer from imposter syndrome, as nobody usually wants to admit it out loud. Yeah. I'm <laughs> the opposite. I'm like, help or, me. Or- <laughs> <laughs> help me. Help. <laughs> Do you think that some people feel like they don't rec- they don't recognize at the moment that they're experiencing that maybe as well? Is that why people yeah. don't mention it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if they do, they probably don't want to be like, hey, so I feel like I'm not really achieving enough here. Like, you're yeah. not going to go to your boss and say that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, okay, well then fire me. <laughs> like, Could you fire me, please? Yeah. Imposter feelings represent a conflict between one's own self-perception and the way that other people receive- perceive them. So just like okay. what you said. Even while others praise one's talents, they write off their own successes to timing and good luck. So huh. they're not successful because they're good at what they're doing. It's, they just got lucky, or it was just good timing for them when they came into the business. Dang. People struggling with imposter syndrome may pressure themselves to work harder in order to become worthy of the roles they don't believe they deserve, to make up for what they consider their lack of intelligence, to ease feelings of guilt over tricking people, and or to help others from recognizing their shortcomings. It's like the opposite of a narcissist. Yeah, it really is. That's Yeah, that's very interesting. Sometimes having recognition given to people is considered pity or sympathy. So if you're recognizing me at work, it's because you think I'm doing an okay job, but you want to make me feel better about it. Or you're just trying to encourage me. Like, trying to encourage you in order for you to do better. Yes. And despite one's successes, they will stir over the minor errors. Oh, that's me. So they can do a project, like, completely correct, but maybe they slept in one day. Mm -hmm. They're going to stir over that, that they slept in one day, even though the project was perfect Uh. otherwise. Frankie, was I like that? You've been my boss, Frankie, so you can tell me, be honest, if, hey. I, if I sound like this. Shout out, Frankie. She's been talked about twice in this episode. <laughs> She's so famous. She's, She's so elusive. Famous. Oh. So over time, imposter syndrome can fuel a cycle of anxiety, depression, and guilt. Now, before I get into how to combat imposter syndrome, we're going to talk about, like I said, the five types of imposter syndrome. Oh my goodness. Okay. So this first one is me. <laughs> and probably you. That's just Kenna in parentheses. Yeah, it's called the perfectionist. <laughs> oh, yay. This particular person would focus on how something is done. This includes how the work is conducted and how it turns out. One minor flaw in an otherwise stellar performance equals failure, and therefore, shame. Whether they realize it or not, people with the perfectionism type of imposter syndrome may be perceived as control freaks. Hmm, yeah. Cute. They will set up very high goals for themselves, and when they fail to reach a goal, they will experience major self-doubt and worry about measuring up. <laughs> really high goals is me. <laughs> I'm like, I want to have $10,000 by the end of the day. 
doesn't happen, I'm like, you're a fucking failure. You're a fucking failure. God. Some questions to ask yourself if you think this may apply to you. Oh, great. You want to answer them? Yeah. Have you ever been accused of micromanaging? Yes. Same. Do you have great difficulty delegating? Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. If you are able to delegate, do you often feel frustrated and or disappointed with the results? <laughs> it's so true. I'll be like, I'll be like um, I mean, I guess you could do this. Um, it would take something off my plate. But, um, you know, if you're going to do it, I want you to do it this way. And then when you come back with, yeah, exactly. Total anxiety because I'm like, this is not going to be the way that I wanted to do yeah, it. Exactly. Or the way that I would expect it to be done. Sure. Yeah, like, can you absolutely. hang up that poster that I stand there the whole time and watch the poster? <laughs> yeah. That'd well, be me watch- just like looking over yeah, every five seconds to make sure that the work that they're doing is exactly the way that I would yes. do it. It doesn't really take time away from you. <laughs> it really all. doesn't. It doesn't so help bad. at all. It's not helpful. Because then the way that I see it is that if I know that because what I am good at is time management when it comes to, certain, well, mostly, I will say mostly. If I put too much on my plate, then no. But I'm pretty good at time management when it comes to multitasking certain things. So if I in, instill trust in someone that they're going to take care of that one thing and it's not done right the first time, I'm going to have to go back and redo it. Yeah. And I didn't put that as part of my time in my management plans. in my plans, right? And so, okay. Yeah. That sounds like a control freak, doesn't it? Yeah. I have a habit of like telling someone to do something and then just immediately saying, never mind, never mind, and then just doing yeah. it. Myself. I'm like, just, hey, can you grab me that? Never mind. I got it. 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 <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. When you miss the insanely high mark on something, do you accuse yourself of just not being cut out for it? Well, I'm perfect. So not not really. I would say no. I would say I do. Like, I want to do something right, and I want to do it right the first time. Yeah. And if I don't do it right the first time, I get, like, really... I'm like, maybe this just isn't for me. Right. You know? Oh, that's true. I could see that. I could see myself saying that. But I wouldn't be harsh on myself. You know yeah. What I mean? And lastly, do you feel like your work must be 100% perfect 100% of the time? Yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> So I feel guilty. Both of us. We do that on the podcast sometimes where we're like, you know, we tend to maybe rush a little bit of research and we're like, I mean, I've definitely done that where I needed something done and I, you know, I, I skipped a few steps or didn't mention certain things or whatever, which is why, where I appreciate, appreciate the listeners saying, you forgot to talk about that yeah. because then we'll talk about it next time. Exactly. Sometimes I leave it out on purpose just for brevity's sake, right? But then I feel so guilty after recording because I'm like, I could have delivered that information right the first time. Yeah. You know? I f- no, I feel the exact same way. <sighs> and honestly, like, if I don't mention, like, someone's brother's, sister's, cousin's, aunt's child, I'm like, damn, I left something out of the research. Damn, I left but it But then again, I don't want to put all of that in there because no one wants to listen to more than two parts of an episode. Just it's saying. true. Yeah. Nobody ever... Wow. (laughs) Wow. Tell us how you really feel. You already know that craft beers have been exploding in popularity over the past decade, but what you might not know is that there are thousands of awesome craft beers being produced by these new microbreweries regularly. With Craft Beer Club, each order will showcase two breweries from different regions in the U.S. and includes four beer styles with a brand new box each shipment. You'll also receive publications that detail the history about the featured breweries, tasting notes, pairing options, and maybe even a little trivia. Click on our link in the show notes below and get free shipping along with up to three free gifts with your first purchase. Order Craft Beer Club today. Sorry, that was a little (laughs) harsh, but there's no... And, okay, it's when it gets to that point, it's just like 
get to the point. You know what I mean? Like, get, yeah. to, the, get to the episode. So I want to put all of the info in there all the time, yeah. which is, like, this imposter syndrome. And I feel really guilty when I don't. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Elliot Rogers has been my... It's been very relieving and very rewarding to be able to cover a lot yeah. of him. And I do feel, like, a lot of... I don't know, I guess... Uh, gratification from doing yeah. two parts sometimes because we do get to yeah, get all that information out. But yeah, five parts, uh, that's too much. I've, I've, I do see podcasts that have like four or five part episodes. Yeah. That's so much. And then could you imagine having to wait every week? And editing all that? Come on, that's a lot that's, of work. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But to each his own. Honestly, if you guys like two-parters or a single part or three let us know honestly yeah. i'm d- i'm happy to do whatever you guys are interested in hearing yeah absolutely. if you like the suspense of a two-parter tell we can do more we have yeah. we used to do them like you know every so often and we haven't yeah. done them in a while we actually got someone commenting on the first part of elliot roger instagram post and said like can you please hurry up and rush out part two and i was like yes <laughs> i'm excited i'm so excited part good... two will be coming out very soon it's a good one so for this type, so again, the perfectionist type of imposter syndrome, success is rarely satisfying because they will often believe they could have done better. Yeah. And I feel like I heard that recently somewhere. Maybe it was you. You were like, I, like I'm happy that I did it, but I feel like I could have done it better. Maybe it wasn't you. No. Someone said that to me recently. I, I don't mean, even know what it was about. I basically just said that, but yeah, that's I true. said a lot of other things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Owning and celebrating achievements is essential. Swallow, swallow. <laughs> you guys just heard one of the only burps I've ever had in my entire life. I have to leave that in. So I never burp. I, I can't. Drinking, I was drinking water when it happened, and I couldn't. I was gonna spit it out. Okay, we have to pause. Oh my god. Okay, we're totally leaving that in there. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. That was probably a lot of like really loud noises. It's <laughs> really gonna funny. do anything. <laughs> She's just <laughs> grasping for all of the clothing around her, like, trying to hold on to something so she can spew water all over the microphone. <sighs> so okay. what I was saying is yes. that owning and celebrating achievements is essential, no matter how small, in order to avoid burnout. Okay. So that's the way, one way to combat if you're experiencing the perfectionist type yeah. of imposter syndrome. Remain mindful about the achievements that you have throughout your day. Yeah, and yeah. celebrate the little things. Honestly, you know, it sounds really cliche, but I, I celebrate the little things. Yeah. If I go all day without crying, bam, celebration. <laughs> I don't. I better find gold bars while I'm, like, walking down the street downtown <laughs> or, or else my day is ruined. <laughs> Otherwise, my day is ruined. I'm still crying. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so the next type of imposter syndrome is the superwoman or superman type. People who experience this type of imposter syndrome typically are convinced that they are phonies among their real deal coworkers. They're like Clark Kent's. Well, yeah, it's almost like, okay, all these people actually know how to do their job. I'm the phony, even though they're doing the same job as everyone right. else. They will often push themselves harder to measure up, but this is usually a false cover-up for their insecurities, and the work overload usually results in harming their mental health and their relationship with others. Aww. That so you sad. said, like, take everything on your plate at once. Yeah. Like, that's, this is why I think that I'm also kind of like this. So questions to ask if you think you're dealing with this type. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you stay later at the office and the rest of your team, even past the point that you've completed that day's necessary work? No. Me neither. Do you get stressed when you're not working and find downtime completely wasteful? It depends on the day. 
I think so, too, because today I took a day off work and I felt so guilty all day. Yeah. Even though I was exhausted and today was my rest day, right. I still felt so guilty that I wasn't working. I mean, I think it's ebb and flow, especially for, like, a service, you know, a position or retails, you know, something that I did for a long time. And I think it was, yeah, like, we fucked off sometimes, you know, and we did leave work for the next day sometimes, but... You know, if we can get it done and then fuck off afterwards, that's kind of always been my my kind of go-to Yeah, attitude. I feel that. Have you ever let your hobbies and passions fall short in order to focus on your work? Yes. Me too. Do you feel like you haven't truly earned your title in your career? Or perhaps school title or no, something? No, I want more titles. Yeah. Well, like, if, like if, you, if and when you do achieve a title, do you feel like you haven't fully earned it? I guess is what it really means. No, I own every single title that yeah, I've ever gotten. Yeah, same. I think so, too. Like, I... Well, I don't know, because when I got my diploma, like, my uh, bachelor's degree, I was like, damn, I can't believe I actually got this. Like, I don't think I deserve it. <laughs> like, deadass. I was yeah. like, I had got D's, like, in a bunch of courses. Yeah. And I still have a degree. Like, that doesn't make sense. So, I guess D's get degrees. No, I feel like I've always wanted more of a title. Give me yeah. more. Give me more. Yeah. So, those are the questions for that one. Imposter workaholics are usually addicted to the validation that comes from working and not the actual work itself. Yes. So that's the difference in me. I don't feel that way. Like, these people will frequently work themselves so much in order to get satisfaction and recognition from others that they're working so much. Like, oh my god, you work so uh, much. Yeah. You work so hard. No, for me, it's Do more of a... Do you ever have a day off? Things it, like that. It's a personal thing. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's much more of a personal thing for it's, me. It's almost... Well, I one of my love languages is words of affirmation. So when I hear that, it makes me feel nice. It yeah. makes me feel like I'm doing something right. But it's really more for me. It's not for other people. I completely agree. And I know people that work themselves... They don't work themselves to the bone. They just work a lot of hours yeah. and then they brag about it. And almost like we said, want people to recognize like, oh, you're such a hard worker, you mm -hmm. know, or you work so much. When do you ever get a day off? Like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, I just work so hard. I know people like that. Yeah. And you know what? If it works for you, it works for you. Right. What intended works. <laughs> so <laughs> one way to combat this type of imposter syndrome is to try to veer yourself away from external validation. Okay. Learning to take constructive criticism seriously and not personally is another great way to combat it. Oh. The third type is the natural genius. Okay. This type of imposter syndrome tends to apply to people who grew up with many things that com came easily to them. They usually excelled at anything they attempted growing up, and when they were finally faced with a task that was not extremely easy for them, they feel shame. These types of imposters set their internal bar impossibly high, and they judge themselves based on getting things right on the first try. You're smiling. Do you know people like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is that from? Someone la <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, it's the Emperor's New Groove when he has the menu over his face. And he's like, <laughs> he's like <laughs> an elephant onion log. Yeah. <laughs> an onion log. <laughs> to split. To split. <laughs> oh, God. We're veering off the path so much on this one. It's fine, though. We This is what the mental breakdowns are for, to break something down, but also, like, Yeah, we gotta chat. keep it light. <laughs> so when this type of imposter syndrome, people that experience it are not able to do something quickly or fluently, their alarm sounds, so to speak. Ready for the questions? Yes. Are you used to excelling without much effort? No. Me neither. Were you told frequently as a child that you were the smart one in your family? I I feel like mom and dad were really good about 
letting us or reminding us that we are bright kids or intelligent yeah. kids but i don't think it was out of control but I don't they think did it, it was... to all of us it wasn't like just yeah. you like right. oh you're much smarter than your sisters yeah you know? no absolutely <laughs> yeah. not do you dislike the idea of having a mentor because you can handle things on your own no i feel like uh no i feel like i've definitely been in especially work positions where i feel like i could learn from somebody else for same sure. do you often avoid challenges because it's uncomfortable by trying something that you're not great at yes i don't I, well, that's kind of that perfectionism. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, true. to be afraid to fail. I feel like that's something that I used to feel when I was much younger, but I don't, I'm not afraid to fail anymore, especially, especially, dang, especially when it comes to something like work, like I'll try it out. And again, much like we said earlier, I'll try it out. And if I don't like to do it, or if it's not something that I feel like I'm good at, then I might not do it again, but I'm not afraid to just try something and fail yeah, anymore. Yeah. I feel like I've really pushed past that feeling. Like, I will not want to try something, but then I'll push past that feeling to try it. And same thing with you. Like, yeah. if I don't care for it after that, then I won't do it. But mm. I, I'm better about, like, taking the risk now than I yeah. used to be. same. So, ways to combat feelings of this type of imposter syndrome. It's good to start looking at yourself as a work in progress. Oh. So, kind of reminding yourself that you don't have to be great at everything right off the bat. It will take time to master new tasks if you need to. You know, try something new. Yeah. And rather than beating yourself up when you don't reach your high standards, identify specific changeable behaviors that you can improve over time. Okay. So, like, identify things that you know that... Not know that, but things that you feel like you can improve, not not necessarily focusing on things that you can't handle. Yeah, exactly. Not, and I'm sorry, not handle, not control. Is yes. What I mm -hmm. And, like, the other day, when our niece was saying, you know, I'm just so bad at math. I'm so bad at math. And I told her, I said, you're not... Don't say that you're bad at math. Try to say you're working on getting better at math yeah. instead of just saying, nope, I'm not good at it, you know, because mm -hmm. you, you're not good at everything the first time around. You know, yeah. it might take some effort. I mean, we weren't fucking great at the podcast <laughs> the yeah. very first couple episodes, and, and I'm sure that you guys noticed our improvement. <laughs> if you did, let us know. <laughs> I need okay, that validation. syndrome, need that validation. <laughs> so the next type, number four, is the soloist. Okay. This type of person will often have major struggles in asking for any help in any instance, mm -hmm. as they think that asking for help is what will, will reveal their phoniness. That's me. Really? Is it? Yeah. Okay, your questions are coming. Okay. They will, do, <laughs> they will do every task independently to the point of potential failure before asking for help. Ask yourself these questions if you think this might be you. Okay. Do you firmly feel that you need to accomplish things on your own? Yes. Same. Do you find yourself saying frequently, I don't need anyone's help? Yes. Same. Do you frame requests in terms of the requirements of the project rather than your needs as a person? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Same. <laughs> like, I just need help with this one thing because the project is requiring this. I don't need help. Like, personally, like, I'm good. I'm but good. The but the project might need an extra hand. Need an extra hand. And this is the specific way in which you can do that. <laughs> Control free. <laughs> Control free. In order to help cope with these feelings, do you have a pen? Not on me. You write up. No, you can just text it to me. Okay, I'll copy and paste it. Thanks. Thanks. Realizing that there's no shame in asking for help is the best way. There you go. Oh, yeah, she'll ask for help. <laughs> proud of you. Thanks. So this is easier said than done, but once one realizes that it's okay to ask for help, they can succeed easier. Now, lastly, the number fifth type of imposter syndrome is the expert. Ooh. Expert imposter syndrome makes one measure their confidence based on what or how much they know or can do. Believing that they will never know enough, they fear being exposed as inexperienced or unknowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Is that also you? No. no. <laughs> this is like when someone cannot say that they don't know. So, like, I've had a friend, I had a friend in the past that I had, I would say, like, oh, have you seen this TV show? And they would always say yes. Or this movie, they would always say yes. So one time I made up a movie and I asked and they said yes. Because oh, they just yeah. can't say 
that they no, don't, I don't know. Yeah, they don't exactly. want to be they don't want to be excluded or not in the know. Exactly. Or, yeah. Questions you can ask yourself if you do think you are experiencing this specific type of imposter syndrome. Do you shy away from applying to job postings unless you meet every single educational requirement? No. I don't shy away from that shit, but I, do, I definitely know at least two yeah. to three people that have. I'm like, give me a fucking chance. I'll prove to you that I can do this I can job do this. without the yeah. education yeah, requirements. For sure. But it's like every single point had to be made. Oh, and because wow. they didn't qualify for this one thing, or even down to like, um, would prefer experience yeah. in, previous experience in, they were like, oh, no, no, I'm not cut out for that. Not cut out for that. Yeah. Not cut out. That's nope. imposter syndrome. Nope. Are you constantly seeking out trainings or certifications because you think you need to improve your skills in order to succeed? No. Me neither. I don't feel like I do that. Yeah. But I got it, like, for the last job, but that was because it was for this one specific job. Yeah. Can you relate to feeling like you don't know enough about your job you've worked for a while? So, like, if you've worked in the same position for a while, you feel like you don't know enough about that position? No. I feel... I usually... I mean, usually the first few weeks are pretty rocky, and depending on whether or not I want to move up, and then it might change some things about... But no, I don't... I don't feel like I'm... If I'm in a position, even for just a few weeks, I feel like I get my, my feet underneath me pretty quick. Agreed. One way to combat these feelings is to practice what's called just-in-time learning. So learning only a new skill when it comes up, rather than just, like, cramming your brain with new skills all the time. So this isn't to mean, like, remain stagnant, but also, like, don't overwork yourself. Yeah. So that makes sense. Just, like, learn as you go and just realize that it's okay to do that and not know everything all at once, right? Exactly. Just give yourself patience. Yeah, absolutely. So there's no clear cause of imposter syndrome, but there is a number of factors likely to uh, contribute to it developing. Mm -hmm. One is parenting and childhood development. So if your parents pressured you to do very well in school, if you were compared to your siblings a lot growing up, if your parents were controlling and or overprotective, or if they emphasized your natural intelligence or sharply criticized small mistakes, these all might be contributing factors. These things can all lead to developing the syndrome. Academic success can also cause feelings like this to develop. So, for example, if you had a really easy time in, like, elementary and middle school, high school or college might be a little bit of a shock, and then turn would cause imposter syndrome because it's a little bit more difficult. Heard. So, I think I said it, yeah, college is difficult for most people when they're just starting out. Like, it's a common thing. Right. But someone that has, maybe is predisposed to developing imposter syndrome might, if if and when they get into college. Mm -hmm. Certain personality traits have also been linked to imposter syndrome, such as perfectionistic tendencies, low self-confidence in your ability to manage your behavior, and higher sources of measures of neuroticism, actually. Hmm. Existing mental health symptoms, such as anxiety and depression, can cause these symptoms to develop as well. Imposter syndrome can also worsen mental health symptoms, creating a cycle that is, like, really hard to break. So, again, a cycle, like... Mental health can cause imposter syndrome, but it causes, imposter syndrome can heighten your mental illness and vice versa. It's a cycle, mental illness, yeah. yeah. Studies have shown that around 25 to 30% of high achievers may suffer from imposter syndrome, and around 70% of adults may experience imposterism at least once in their lifetime. Wow. So it's, a, again, you said it's a syndrome, right? So it can, I mean, it cannot be cured. What am I trying to say? Come and go. Yeah, it can yeah. come and go, yeah. If you find yourself struggling with imposter syndrome symptoms, it's best not to ignore it, and instead, try to tame the emotion by acknowledging its presence. Be aware of the impact on your body, physical and mental, and take the steps to alleviate your stress. Refocus on your values by taking away focus from outward signs of success or achievement, and remind yourself what really matters to you. It's like a TED Talk. (laughs) Remind yourself that your life and career are a journey, and you can make progress without overworking yourself. That's something that I struggle with, is like, 
I feel like if I don't make progress in a couple days, I'm not making any progress. Yeah. And I need to remind myself that it's like, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. Yeah. Practicing self-compassion is another great way to combat imposter syndrome. Don't beat yourself up for feeling like a fraud, but instead give yourself credit and compassion for how far you've come already. If you do feel like that, that your symptoms are getting more difficult to deal with, reach out to a mental health professional. Some therapists are trained to offer support with overcoming feelings of unworthiness or perceived fraudulence, addressing anxiety and depression, and challenging and reframing unwanted beliefs. But that is my mental breakdown. That's really interesting. Right? Thanks. I didn't know a lot of that. Like, essentially all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, wow, yeah, that makes so much sense when it comes to sometimes the way that I feel about my own achievements and things like that. Or even, honestly, give me a little insight into some other people as well. Yeah. And, you know, and being able to just not only be compassionate towards myself when I'm experiencing those things, but being compassionate towards other people when they're experiencing those things, that's really, that's huge. Yeah, and realizing that you're not alone. Like, it said, it, like, almost 70% of people have experiences at least once. And, again, it doesn't just go for a career. It can go for anything. I have personally a lot of imposter syndrome with the podcast. Yeah. I have a lot of imposter syndrome with my relationship with Casey, mm -hmm. you know? Like, we've been together for almost six years, and I still think people don't take us seriously as a couple, yeah. you know? And it's, even as an almost 30-year-old woman, I still think that people look at me as a child. Yeah. And it's, it's really just a huge internal thing, just recognizing and, again, really practicing, like, self-compassion, positive affirmations is really helpful. But I learned a lot, too, just doing this research. I didn't know there were five types. I didn't know either. Like I, th I thought and... it was just a thing, <laughs> yeah. not five different kinds of a thing, you know? But, yeah, uh, thank you guys for joining us. I yeah. know this has been a requested one as well, so I'm excited to get it out there for you guys to hear. Do you have anything else? I don't. Yeah. Just uh, make sure you guys get your tickets before August for the Austin True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival, where you can see us and hang out. I think we were talking about maybe doing some merchy merch exchange. Yeah. Uh, something in exchange for maybe Patreons. I think so. Yeah, definitely. And Or maybe, like, if you follow us on Instagram, you get a pencil or something. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. Something like that. But... We'll Either definitely way. be there. And they actually released the lineup for Saturday and Sunday's panels. So mm -hmm. go check that out as well. Oh, yeah. Lainey's been all over that stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of a lot of really great podcasts that are going. So, yeah, I think that's it for us today. Yeah, we will see you guys on Thursday for part two of Elliot Rogers. Ooh, so excited. And thanks again, Lisa, for joining the Patreon. Yes, thank love you so guys. much. Love all you guys. Right, love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I said it too early. <laughs> Your mental health is super important to us, so we are thrilled to announce that we are sponsored by BetterHelp to support you. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can access a network of over 30,000 licensed therapists with a wide range of specialties and be linked with the perfect match for you. Whether it's via text, chat, or video call, you can talk to your therapist when it's convenient for you. When it comes to your mental health, BetterHelp is a convenient and affordable option for therapy. Get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash D-A-K-P-O-D. That's BetterHelp slash D-A-K-P-O-D for 10% off your first month.